listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Listen, we're starting a brand new series called Good Song, Bad Theology. And what we're going to do is we're going to take songs that are pretty decent songs. I mean, these are songs that we're going to listen to, you know, songs that we know the words, songs that, you know, we know by heart. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to take all of that bad theology in them. And and sometimes we're going to pull out, you know, the good stuff and 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 all that. And, and sometimes we're going to just swap it all together. You know, it's, it's taking a pretty dang good song and basically swapping out the terrible theology for good theology. And in the case for today specifically, it's basically showing you what not to do with this song. Um, so we are going to listen to a song today that's really, really funny. It's it's about a guy who prefers fishing to his wife. It's um, I'm going to miss her. You probably know it. Let's hear some of that right now. Well, I love her, but I love to fish. I spend all day out on this lake and hell is all I catch But today she met me at the door Said I would have to choose If I hit that fishing hole today She'd be packing all her things and she'd be gone by noon Well I'm gonna miss her I get home Right now I'm on this lake shore And I'm sitting in the sun I'm sure it'll hit me When I walk through that door tonight Yeah, I'm gonna miss her Oh, looky there I've got a bite, alright. Alright, I'm gonna rescue us right there. Um, every one of you know this song, which is really funny. Um, it's like karaoke night down to the club right now. It's hilarious. But, you know, I know, um, I know that none of you in here have ever had an issue with your spouse that made you think either a day out on the lake by yourself or maybe, ladies, a day at the salon would be better than what you're experiencing right now. You know, Solomon had 700 wives, and he had this to say in Proverbs 21.9, It's better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Now, look, fellas, don't get too haughty. Don't get too arrogant right now, because you aren't always that pleasant to live with either. Oh, nasty feet smelling, come in from a long day of work and just sit in your recliner and expect to be served. Come on, I know I'm not talking to anybody in here. But fellas, we aren't that easy to live with sometimes too. We got bad attitudes as well. And sometimes the ladies would prefer to go live in the housetop, you know, somewhere else. But but we all have situations and relationships and things in our lives where we have to make a decision. And that decision is sometimes, do I do this or don't I do this? And sometimes it's, can I do this or can't I do this? But these decisions are always either to do what's right or to do what's wrong. And when you make a decision that's right or wrong, it almost always comes with this added bit, whether it's hard or easy. Look at how Jesus said it in Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14. 
Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Look, Jesus knew exactly what I'm saying here. Rarely are the right things the easy things, and the right things tend to force us to deal with the unright things that's inside of us. And this is one of the reasons why we do stuff like go to church or pray or have godly friends or read our Bible. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 119, your commandments are right. I know whenever things begin to get crazy in my life, I tend to navigate towards worship music. I, I want to stop watching Netflix or stop listening to my, my country music playlist that I like when I ride my motorcycle. And, and I want to start flooding all this good stuff into me. And, and I wonder why that is. I'll tell you why it is, because I am realizing that there is some unrightness in me, some unrighteousness in me, and I'm trying to fix that by putting right things in me. You know, Psalm 119, like I said, your commandments are right. When we, when we read the Bible, we're exposing the unrighteousness in us to the righteousness of the word. And the result is that we're forced to deal with that unrighteousness. You know, a little confession. I got pulled over yesterday on the way home from a funeral in Delhi, Louisiana, I was coming down 165, going into Alexandria, and if you've ever driven that road, for one thing, in Louisiana, every speed limit is like 15 miles an hour. Oh my gosh, it's so slow. So I just hit the gas, and there's this nice four lane, and it was at 65, and I had my crew set on like 68 or 69, something like that. You know, you can get a few extra miles in there, and all of a sudden, I see the lights behind me, and so I pull over, and the guy says, I had you at 70 in a 50, and I said, wait a minute, I thought it was 65. He says, no, no, it's, it's, it's 50. It, it turned back at this little place back here. And I said, well, can you tell me exactly where? Because I just didn't see it. I've never been on this road in my life and I just, I just didn't see the sign. And so he started looking at my stuff and he's like, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna let you go or whatever. And he just kind of let me go down the road. But what's interesting is when he told me that I was breaking the law, all of a sudden I had to do something about it. Now I am thankful that he didn't give me a ticket. Um, but, but it did influence how I drove the rest of the way on 165. It made sure it made me make sure I paid attention to the road signs as I was driving and not just kind of drift off like you can so easily do whenever you're driving. I had to I had to deal with the unrighteousness that I just committed in face of the righteousness, which was the word there. Like I knew in that moment I'd broken the law. Why? Because he told me I broke the law. Why am I telling you this? It's because when we read the Bible. If you'll really read what it says and not read what you want it to say, what will happen is that the Holy Spirit will convict you of things that are unrighteous inside of you, and then you're forced to deal with that unrighteousness. Well, how do we do that? Well, the first step is that clearly we have to give our lives to Jesus Christ. I mean, remember Romans 3.10, no one is righteous, no, not one. And it's Jesus who is the one that makes us righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we we might become the righteousness of God. So we deal with the right with we, we deal with the unrighteousness inside of us by first going to Jesus. But back to the hard decisions. You know, hard decisions force you to deal with the unrighteousness and that means crucifying your flesh and no one likes that. Least of all your flesh. Let me give you some proof here. Um it's the difference between sitting down and having a nice salad 
and having the chicken fried steak with gravy and mashed potatoes and corn niblets. Now see, right now, what happened the moment you heard me say those things, you probably didn't start getting hungry when I said salad, but you may start to have getting hungry whenever I started talking about a chicken fried steak. A chicken fried steak is delicious. That cream gravy is delicious. And so what will happen, even if you're talking about food, your flesh will begin to crave that thing. It's the same thing with appetites for sin, with unrighteousness in the world around us. Our flesh craves it. It doesn't want to be crucified. But this is why you have to surround yourself with godliness, especially godly people who will challenge you to be better. They'll challenge you to get better. They'll challenge you to make the right decisions. They'll challenge you to hold your life up to what the Word says and then question why you're not living according to what the Word says. They'll challenge you whenever you're eisegeting, which is making the Word say what you want it to say, rather than exegeting, which is letting the Word say what it says. They'll challenge you. And again, this is why you surround yourself with godliness. You have to have people in your life that will call you to the floor whenever you're doing something that's wrong. Maybe you know it's wrong and you need somebody to say, look, dude, this is wrong. Maybe you don't know it's wrong. And somebody will say, hey, listen, I see you doing this. And I just want to let you know that's not godliness. That's not what he wants for you. You need somebody to surround you with godliness, not to convince you to go fishing like they did with Brad. So what are we really learning from Brad Paisley here? Um, well, first, how sincere his word is, um, how, how committed he is to the relationship that he vowed to be in, how far he's willing to go to work the problem. And look, it's, it's so easy right now to bust on Brad, but think about your own life. Here's the problem. Do I lay down what is easy and temporary for something that is hard but lifelong? It's as simple as laying down a want for a need. You know, every single person in this room deals with this at some level, and it may not be fishing or your spouse, but it's always something that's easy for now and something that is hard for eternity. It's it's something that is easy and something you can have right now for something that is hard but eternal. Now, I know I'm not really doing a good job of selling marriage here, but let me be super clear. Just like marriage, Christianity is hard Faith is hard. Living righteously is very hard, especially in the world we live in right now, where every time you turn around, the world is trying to convince you that you're wrong and, and you're you're bigoted and, and you have a, a old school mindset rather than being a righteous mindset. It's very, very difficult. And, and you're going to have to constantly choose to do the hard things over the easy things. That's Christianity. So anybody that's ever told you that all you have to do is give your life to Jesus and everything's going to be easy after that, that's just a lie. It's not true. Now, that doesn't mean that faith is never easy, but it's rare. It's just rare. It's it's because daily you have to crucify your flesh so that you can be led by the Spirit. So what is it that we can really learn here today from I'm Going to Miss Her? What good theology can we pull out of a pretty good song? I mean, it's a toe tapper, man. It's uh, When he starts that, I'm going fishing, uh, I'm going to miss her. Everybody loves it. But what can we learn from it today? Well, here's the first thing. Don't let something you want keep you from something that you need. And what, what I mean here is, is that you cannot let your flesh run the show. 
Now, I want some I want some great things for my family, like, and we want some great things for our lives and stuff. Like, I want my kids to be successful, and I want them to be fulfilled. You know, I want my wife to feel secure and to love our life. These are these are really good things, and it's not wrong to want these things. But the quickest way to kill a good want is to allow my flesh to direct the production of that want. I cannot allow my flesh to be the thing that produces the thing I want to see in my family. Whatever I want to see in my family, it's got to start with me. I've got to be the one that lays the groundwork for that. I've got to do all this. And so what that means is there are going to be times where I have to trade something that I want right now for something that my family needs right now. Come on, parents. We do this all the time with our kids. We have to trade out things that we want so that our kids can have what they need. The quickest way to jack that up is to get selfish about it is to get arrogant and prideful about it. The quickest way to mess it up is to let my flesh produce what I'm wanting to see. Because guess what? Your flesh can't do it. And so the moment you let your flesh begin to run the production, you're going to fail. Romans 8, 5 through 6 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Now, now, wait a minute. Brad's just talking about a little fishing trip, man. It's not that big a deal. Wrong. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about staying out on the lake and doing something he wants rather than doing the hard work of fixing what's wrong in his marriage. He's being led by his desires, not by the Spirit. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Let's look in James chapter 1, verses 14 to 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. There it is, desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings death. Look at, look at what your wants, what your desires get you. Sin and then death. That's it's kind of abrupt, isn't it? But but that's how big of a deal sin is. This isn't something that you can just have a bunch of chances at. Sin is black or white. It's not like if I get shot in my left arm, I can still use my right arm. No. Whenever sin comes into your life, the entirety of you experiences spiritual death. When you choose to follow what you want, death happens. I mean, just ask Brad. But here's what it says. But today she met me at the door, said I'd have to choose... If I hit that fishing hole today, she'd be packing all her things and she'd be gone by noon. I mean, God help us when we choose what we want and death rather than what God wants and life. What have you been choosing that's easy and is bringing death over what's hard but brings life? Here's what I'm asking you to do today is to sacrifice your wants that bring death and embrace God's wants that bring life. That's what we're talking about here. You might have a good day on the lake. Listen, you might. You might catch the biggest fish you ever caught in your whole life. But I promise you this, there's a better life waiting for you at home if you're willing to sacrifice those things that you want to desire your flesh for the things that God wants you to have. So so that's the first one. The first one is don't let something you want keep you from what you need. Let's talk about the second point here. Be careful not to trade a guarantee for a chance. Now, <laughs> you might think that that he was already made Now, you might think that he already made his mind up and was already finished with it and he was just going to keep vision Now, you might think that he has already made his mind up, he's finished with it, he's done with it, he's just going to keep fishing and lose his lady, but look at what the bridge says. Now, there's a chance that if I hurry, 
I could beg her to stay. But that water's right and the weather's perfect. No telling what I might catch today. I mean, my goodness, like, oh, just imagine your spouse said that to you. Like, you'd be done. You'd be over with. But but he was relying on something to think he had a chance, wasn't he? Well, what could it be? Like, was he a good talker? Could could he manipulate and work her emotions really well? Uh, is that what it was? Is Brad Paisley really that good looking? I mean, was it all up to chance? But he made he made a conscious decision, and this is what you've got to hear. He made a conscious decision to play Russian roulette with his marriage. It, it's crazy, but let me ask you, how many times have you played Russian roulette with your purpose by engaging in sin, hoping that God would just say it was okay and forgive you like nothing ever happened? Now, now listen, when we go to God and we ask for forgiveness and we repent, absolutely. The Bible says that he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us. He forgets it. He, he casts it as far away from the east as from the west. And when we come back to him, he doesn't even remember what we talked about. He chooses to forget that sin. But it's contingent upon repentance. And, and we have to be careful that we don't take God's kindness as being lax on sin. He, he's not lax on sin and repentance is not just, I'm sorry. Repentance is I'm sorry. And I will never, ever do that again. That's what it is. It's a complete and total 180 from what you did before. So God isn't lax on sin. I mean, look at the old Testament, man. Don't forget that the flood wasn't about cute animals. It's hilarious that every nursery, every kids ministry in the entirety of America, somewhere there's something about Noah and the ark and the cutesy tootsie little animals. And you know, it's really easy for us to love that story and, and say, oh, he rescued the animals and they were innocent and all this kind of stuff. And, and they didn't know. You know. The problem is, though, the animals didn't have the capacity to choose righteousness. They didn't. And so it's easy for us to embrace the animals in that story. But let's talk about humanity. That whole story was about destroying sinful humanity. God is not lax on sin. He's very aggressive with sin. But a lot of times we risk it. And we say, you know, God will just forgive us. It's no big deal. Be careful because you're toying here with your purpose. It's Russian roulette with your purpose. And every time you sin, it's like popping the bullet in and spinning the barrel and taking a chance. I mean, my goodness, how many times has he played this I'm going fishing card on his lady? You know, I'm I'm really intrigued by the fact that, you know, God exists outside of time. And so he knows the last time I'm going to do that one sin I can't shake. What, what about you? you? Every one of us has that one sin that we know we shouldn't do, but we've struggled with it our whole lives. We can't seem to shake it. Do you know that God knows the last time you're going to do that? Now, it might be tomorrow. It might be next week. You may struggle with it until you die. But every time we choose to engage in those habitual sins, we spin the barrel and take a chance. And here's my question for you. When's it going to be enough? When is enough going to be enough when it comes to that sin? Maybe let me ask you a better question. At what point is it going to be so bad that the only option you have is to ask for help? Let me give you a little life hack here. You're going to need help now or later. You're going to have to reach out to somebody now or later. And if you reach out now, you're going to get grace with it. But whenever you reach out later, there's going to be pain. Why is that? Because typically when you do the reaching out later, it's because the eruption has happened. 
You're so scared in this moment right now to reach out for help because of how people are going to see you or what they're going to think about you. You're afraid that they're not going to give you grace and do everything they can to help. That's a tough pain. It's Seriously, that's a pain. But what about later when everything's hit the fan and you don't know what to do and you're scared to death and, and you you just the world is crashing around you? That pain, trust me is exponentially worse than the pain of reaching out now before everything hits the fan. So here's what I want to tell you. It's something I've said a bunch of times at Freedom Church. Choose your pain. But eventually, everybody's going to know. Now, I, I said in the point that there's a guarantee. So so what is the guarantee? The, the guarantee is if, she goes fish, if, if he goes fishing, she's gone. But, but what would happen if he stayed? You know, the guarantee is the potential... For life, And you have to notice there, I said potential. He literally could have stayed and he could have been the biggest jerk in the world. But, but he could have done everything to reconcile. You know, Romans 12, 18 says, so far it's, it's up to you. Live peaceably with everyone. What about Proverbs 5, 18? Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Had he just gone home? And had he just spoken with her in a way that brings reconciliation and peace and love, I know there's one guarantee for sure. She'd have stayed at least long enough to get old Brad the chance to make the difference. Remember, fellas, what you want to see in your home has got to start with you. And she might be wrong. And she might be the problem. But you going into it saying you're wrong and you're the problem doesn't typically get you anywhere. But whenever you go into a situation and you say, what can we do to resolve this? How can we bring reconciliation and peace and love into this situation? That's, that's a risk, but it's a risk we're taking because there's a guarantee that at least God gets to come in and has the opportunity for the potential, for the purpose to be meted out in that specific relationship. Second point is this, simply... Be careful not to trade a guarantee for a chance. And lastly is this, if you're going to risk it all, risk it for something eternal. You know, fishing or honoring your spouse should be a no-brainer. Uh, but let's be honest, there are times when we have to choose to leap or not. And if you're in a situation in your life right now where you're in that moment where you know that you need to make a decision and, and you need to jump into what God has for you and you're terrified of that, I would direct you to our website at freedomdl.com messages and go down and click the series called Precipice. It's all about taking that plunge into what God has for you, jumping off the precipice into the unknown and allowing God to direct your steps. And, you know, sometimes we call this a leap of faith. And in this song specifically, Brad was putting his faith in something pretty dumb. And, and that's that she'd stay for whatever reason he thought she might stay. But, but there are going to be times when you are faced with a decision to jump or not, and you're going to have to decide. So let me give you some scenarios to help you understand what I'm talking about. Um, you're struggling with something and you don't want to tell for fear of how people are going to receive you. How about this one? You've been hurt really badly before, so it's difficult to step out and trust someone again. What about this one? You know you need to have a courageous conversation with someone, but you're terrified of how that's going to go. What do you do? What do you do in these situations? You know, sometimes you have to risk it all to get it all. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you do, and, and, and we do this with salvation. The Bible says in John 12, 25, whoever loves his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We do this in marriage too. Genesis 2, 24 says, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. We even do this with sports. We, we, 
We love it when Altuve, all three foot, six foot tall of this guy, gets up to the bat, bat longer than him, and, and he hits this bomb home run that clears the train. I know you go nuts. I know we were all waiting on pins and needles. Well, maybe just me. For Judge to hit number 62, we love seeing people risk it all. Like, go all the way and do something fantastic and amazing and, and almost miraculous. We love that. 1 Timothy 4 and 8 says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And this last part is where we're headed, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. That's that's the eternal. So what's the point here? Well, to put it in the vernacular that Brad uses in this song, don't risk it all to fish. Man, like, I'm begging you, don't risk everything to fulfill the desires of your flesh. Look, you're going to (laughs) die. Your flesh will die. You cannot take anything with you. It's going to all stay here. So don't spend your life chasing fleshly things. Just don't do it. The, The money isn't going to satisfy you. The big house and the nice car, it's not going to satisfy. Nothing temporal satisfies. Don't risk it all to fish. You know, I, I, I remember growing up as a kid and there were plenty of times where I would step off the bus coming home from school and I would step into the truck and we'd go fishing for the afternoon. And we did this a lot. I spent much of my childhood on Lake Sam Rayburn and, and we would go fishing. And, you know, at, at some point I kind of got bored with fishing. And so dad would let me fish. Uh, we'd let me water ski to the fishing hole. And so, man, we'd fish Caney Flats. We'd fish Caney Creek, Church Out Steps. Uh, we'd, we'd fish the, the flats out there at Black Forest, and uh, we'd fish over in Five Fingers, and there's this one little island that was kind of out in the middle of the lake a little bit, and and that was the spot where my dad hit a, a tree stump and like cut a four-foot gash in his boat, and the boat sank, and thankfully I wasn't on that trip, but... There were all these times I remember the weather getting bad, and I, I when I was a kid, I had to to get in like the little hull of the boat, this little opening where we kept the life jackets. But I was little and 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 I was terrified, and I remember all of that mess. And I even remember my, telling my mom, "Mom, just pray for me to catch one more fish." And and I throw the line out there, and I catch the fish, and then the very next cast, I hooked the, my leg, and I mean, I just remember all this stuff. I remember sitting on the motor, on the back, holding the fishing pole fishing in the water, dragonflies landing on the tip of the pole. I remember all that. But you know what I don't remember? I don't remember the fish. I don't remember how big they were. And I don't remember how many. I, I cannot remember how many we filled in one specific day. I, I can't remember the biggest one we caught. I don't remember the fish. What I remember are the experiences. I remember those things that I'm going to take with me. I remember the time with my dad that helped me understand who God really is as a father. I remember all of that stuff. So don't risk everything for the fish. Risk it for the eternal. Tell that person about Jesus. As far as it's up to you, do everything you can to fix that relationship. Say yes to sponsoring a kid in Rwanda. Say yes to living for Jesus on the job. You have no clue how many people are watching you. People watch your every move and they see your Christianity that's lived out. It's not Christianity that you're convincing that you are, but you're living that Christianity out in front of somebody. And believe it or not, they watch that. And whenever stuff begins to hit the fan in their lives, they're going to come running to you because you're the one that can help. Say yes to loving your spouse more than a fishing trip. Risk everything for eternal things. 
And that's the message today. Don't let something you want keep you from what you need. Be careful not to trade a guarantee for a chance. If you're going to risk it all, risk it for something eternal. So, so here's my big question for you today. It's simply this. What's waiting at home for you to give up fishing? Is it a, is it a person? Is it your purpose? Is it a calling? Is it a direct request from God? Whatever it is, is it, is it worth what your flesh wants for what your spirit needs? I'm convinced that when whatever meets you at the door today, that if you'll make a decision now that you're going to do whatever it takes to see God's will for your life come to pass, it's going to happen. It's going to. You've got to ignore the flesh. You've got to embrace the spirit. You know, as I was planning this message and over the years I've been listening to this song, it's it's never hit me until this week. If fishing was really that big of a deal to Brad, then why didn't he ask his wife to go with him? You know, maybe there's something in your life right now and you're like, you know, I, I know I should give it up and, and I know it's keeping me from what God has for me. And so I, I'm going to make a commitment right now in this moment to give that thing up. If that's you, like, awesome. Like, I, I want you to do what God tells you to do. But maybe that thing is something that you feel like is so important. It's something God told you to do. It's a it's a dream or a hope or it's something you feel like he said to do. And 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 you're having some conflict conflicts in your life right now with people and, and handling all that stuff. And you feel like you're in a moment where it's like either go fishing or stay at home and work it out. I'm wondering if God is wanting you to combine the two. You know, maybe Brad should have spent time on the lake with his wife. Maybe that could have created some momentum in their relationship and some understanding that it's not him wanting to get away from her. <laughs> it's it's that he just enjoys fishing. Maybe he should have just invited her along. And maybe there's something God's told you to do, and you've been trying to do it on your own and in your own strength. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I created this thing for you, but it only works when you bring other people on the team with you. But at the end of the day, you have to ask, what's waiting at home for you to give up fishing? Let me ask it like this. What is that fleshly thing that you need to give up so that spiritual thing can grow? Can we pray right now? Holy Spirit, I ask you in this moment that you would speak. God, there's a lot that this song would like to speak. God, there's a lot of things that I've said today, but but at the end of the day, God, you're the one. Your voice is the one that changes things. Your word is the one that goes forward and accomplishes its purpose. And so I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus that you would highlight unrighteousness in us so that we can become righteous. God, that we can deal with those things. God, we don't want our flesh to drive. We don't want our flesh to, to, to be the one that's doing the production because it can't. It just can't. And so what we're asking in this moment is, for you to strengthen us and give us the courage to be led by your spirit. Help us minimize those fleshly things. Help us crucify those fleshly things to the cross so that what you've called us to do that's spiritual, that's eternal, can grow and flourish. Father, we give everything to you in this moment. We make a commitment even now that we're going to choose what you want, God. We're going to choose what's right. We're going to choose what's good for our spirit, what's good for our family, over what's good for our flesh. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. 
If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.